Hello and welcome to the Gosh Pods Medical Student Takeover podcast. In this Day in the Life of series, we'll be interviewing clinicians at Grey Ormond Street Hospital from a variety of different specialties. We're hoping to give you insight into what it's like to work at Gosh and how our guests got to where they are today. In this episode, we'll be talking to Ms. Dania Molisseri, a consultant neonatal and paediatric surgeon at Gosh. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Christine, a consultant neonatologist and educational lead for undergraduate medical education at Great Ormond Street Hospital. I'm very excited to be interviewing Ms. Dania Molisseri today. Dania, thank you so much for coming to our podcast today. Thank you, Christine, for inviting me. So could you tell us more about this specialty and what does that involve? Yeah, so I think for those who have not had an exposure at all, I would start by saying pediatric surgery is quite unique in that it combines various aspects of surgery and pediatrics. Our patients can vary in age from an unborn fetus to a 16 to 17-year-old adolescent. And that means wide variations in anatomy, physiology, psychology. As the specialist and neonatal surgeons, we manage children, babies with congenital malformations in the abdomen and chest, such as diaphragmatic hernia, abnormal development of the bowel, abdominal wall defects, etc. As general pediatric surgeons, we would manage uh, general pathology like inguinoscrotal swellings, abdominal pain, acute trauma in children. We also manage some very subspecialist parts such as oncological problems like solid tumors resection in in children who need this. Increasingly, we do a lot of minimally invasive procedures in an attempt to further improve the outcomes of children who need surgery. So when we talk about what it involves, pediatric surgery would involve aspects of technically challenging performing in very small spaces because we operate on babies who can be less than 500 grams the emotional challenges of working with young children and their families and the resilience that you need to go through looking after this but the excitement also to be able to work with a very strong multidisciplinary team of colleagues who are in neonatology intensive care gastroenterology, thoracic, respiratory, radiology, because we work really close with a lot of teams and we really cannot exist on our own. How does your day today look like? Well, I think the days can be spent in about five types of sessions. So we start with our elective work, which would either be clinics where we see patients in outpatient clinics make decisions about need for surgery, plan for surgery, and counseling about how to go about it. Then the next step would be uh, operating theatres where we do the planned surgery for these patients. We have ward rounds like any other hospital specialty where we manage these patients pre and post-operatively. We also have very much involvement in multidisciplinary team meetings where the children with complex pathology are discussed with inputs, as I said, from many of our related specialties. And then we have the emergency aspect where we are on call and we manage children who present with acute problems that need surgery. In addition to these, then we also have a strong role in teaching and training for developing people right from medical school to give them an exposure to pediatric surgery, 
up to higher surgical trainees and subspecialty trainees in aspects of pediatric surgery. And most of us have a role in research because there's a lot of unanswered questions in pediatric surgery, which still needs continuous input into research. Does your work then involve a lot of out-of-hours work? Yes, there is a lot of out-of-hours work because, as I said, it's, it can be anything as simple as an abdominal pain, appendicitis, acute scrotum, to the other extent of a baby born with an, a congenital anomaly who needs an emergency surgery. So out-of-hours is a big component of our work, and increasingly, it is very much consultant-delivered out-of-hours out work. Okay, so would you mind just sharing your career journey with us and what made you to choose your specialty? Of course. So I graduated from a medical school in Calicut. It is a city in South India. I was fortunate to spend a week in pediatric surgery as a final year medical student. I then had a short placement as a house officer. We used to call them pre-registration house officer in the department. And then I also did a six-month post to confirm my interest in the specialty. I was inspired both by the technical dexterity and the dedication that I saw in my seniors in pediatric surgery there. Following this, I completed my entry test to work and train in the UK. And then I came over, started as a house officer in surgery in Olmskirk, which is one of the little towns in the northwest of England, getting used to working in the NHS. We, I got into a basic surgical training program and my first education supervisor rightly suggested that with the low number of pediatric surgery posts, it's very challenging to get in. In the final year of my basic surgical training, I had 12 months of pediatric surgery. I was not able to get in with my first application for registrar training post with the feedback that uh, with three first author publications, I could not get shortlisted. So I worked as a locum registrar and then applied for research fellowships, got an MRC and RCS funded PhD fellowship to look into some pathophysiology of neuroblastoma, which is a child tumor. So during my PhD, I was then successful in getting entry into the higher surgical training rotation for pediatric surgery. I started this at Alderhead Children's Hospital in Liverpool. I then had to move down south with an interdenary transfer when my husband got a job in Cambridge, where I then completed the rest of my training in Cambridge, Great Ormond Street and St. George's Hospital. During this time, I completed the FRCS exit exam, completed my training, got my locum consultant post at Great Ormond Street Hospital, and then was successful in getting a substantive post here in 2018. So it is quite a long journey that I've had, but looking back, it's been very positive and worth every part of it. Excellent. It's really, really positive. But would you mind just sharing with the students and with those who are listening to us, if you really think that was really important to do research, because not everyone can get a research placement or do a PhD. I found it very useful because, first of all, it was a, a topic that I was really interested in. I like pediatric oncology and oncosurgery, therefore, neuroblastoma was a topic that was close to my heart. Even if it wasn't a, a topic that you're interested in, I think it gives you a lot of transferable skills. Team working, first of all, with a lot of uh, doctorate students, but also 
technicians in the lab, postdoctoral scientists, the scientific world and the medical world, how they link together. So that was relatively new for me at the time to be able to have those links outside medicine, which has actually been very useful for me to continue later on and still so. I wouldn't say that everybody has to do research. I think competitive processes, as in many other specialties, you need to try and see what can give you that edge. And you look at the application form and see which of those things are you interested in. And not everybody has to do research, but you will score points for research, but you will also score points for other postgraduate degrees. It may be medical education, it may be management. And so it can be various things. It can be global surgery. I don't think everybody should go for the same thing. I would suggest to medical students that they find a mentor in a field that they're interested in and talk to them with what their interests are as also linked to what the needs for the specialty are. And they need to try and then, I think, increasingly match up with what would an application for a higher surgical training look like five years from when I come out of medical school. And every step of the way, you're kind of working towards getting that because if you come out of a core surgical training and then find out you haven't got five things needed for your ST3 application, it becomes not enough time to do it. Whereas if you have started preparing from it from right from when you come out of medical school or before, then you've got a much better opportunity of getting those things in. Excellent. Thank you so much. Would you mind just sharing with us a bit of your professional and personal life balance? Because you're also a mom. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it has been challenging, but it's been great. And I say this to every medical student and trainee who comes through to us to say it's always a bit of give and take. There will be times when you have to give more to your work and there will be times when you have to give more time to your family. As long as you accept that that you cannot do 100% at both all the time. And you need a really good team of colleagues who appreciate that and support you with that. And I hope that increasingly, at least in pediatric surgery, this is, this is becoming more acceptable, that you do not have to you know, be at work all the time, that people know that you need to also look after your family, your life outside work. At the same time, I would say there's a big role for your family as well or whoever your life outside work is with so i think it's it's really important also to have support from outside work in terms of your family and friends and i have been very lucky to have a husband who works in an equally competitive and challenging specialty is interventional cardiology and i have two children who are now you know in teenage years but when they were young there were times that one of us had to take turns, go early, at least on time from work, which is very difficult for either of the specialty. But I think it is more of a being open about what your needs are, but also being very sure and demonstrating your commitment in other times, because there will be times where each of you need a bit extra time to do something different and all the colleagues appreciating each other for that. And knowing that actually getting that time for your life outside work makes you a better person, a better doctor and a better surgeon. And I think that's what actually works for us as a team and as a family that we bring the best of us when we have done well in the other half of our life as well. 
I think we have covered a lot about this, but would you mind just summarizing the pros and cons of your specialty, just for those who are still trying to decide? Absolutely. So as I said, it, it's hugely rewarding in how you can make a big difference to a child and their family by taking on their surgical management. The technical aspects are very interesting and the multidisciplinary links make it a very interactive specialty for those who like working with other people, which I do. Research has a key role, as I said, and teaching and training. So all those aspects has been the, the big positives for me, for my specialty. What are the cons? As I said, it requires a lot of commitment. It requires a lot of time outside work. It pretty much, I do not know many pediatric surgeons who are really good, who haven't had to go outside their time and what they have to do. And I wish there was a better way, but even with all my attempt at trying to give opportunities for my trainees to flexibly work and train, I still feel that, unfortunately, there is that ask of us as a consultant, as a trainee and everything, you do need to spend a lot of hours and there is no other um, alternative to that. So challenging in terms of the time commitment you need and the duration, as you heard, it's taken me so many years to get to where I am. So for those who really want to do it, it's great. And I think all of that effort will be worth it. But for those who are unsure about it and have a very close second choice, I would say think very, very seriously about your second choice. Because if there is a slightly easier second choice, there is no harm in considering that. Thank you. At the same time, when you become a consultant, we can get some time off as well. And I think it, it does get a bit easier. I think training is quite long and quite difficult, but I think that there are some advantages of being a consultant as well. There's definitely a change, but what I try to be clear to people about is you compare the life of a pediatric surgeon as a consultant to the life of an orthopedic surgeon even general surgery. I do not know many other specialties which need so much of consultant time commitment out of hours as pediatric surgery does. And that's a good thing in a lot of ways because we are dealing with children and young people and there is that added responsibility that we have towards them and their parents. But that does mean it is up to you. And even after way after you finish training and I see my most senior colleagues still being here quite late at night, quite often, because there is that added responsibility which will never go away. So yes, of course, it does reduce a little bit in that you have a bit more control of your elective working life, but there is a lot that is still expected of you to take on after you because you want to do that for your trainees as well. You can't stop after that. Thank you, Danian. What advice would you give to your younger self, like the medical student that was planning to have a career in pediatric surgery? I, I think that's an interesting one. I, I think uh, my advice would really be now to just keep going because there had been several times when things were not easy. I did not pass my MRCS in my first attempt. I did not get the first registrar training post I applied to. I did not get the first research fellowship I applied for. But looking back, every step, every setback that I've had has resulted 
in actually getting to an even better step in my career. And here I am working as a consultant pediatric surgeon in one of the world's best children's hospitals. As I said, I've been lucky to have a very supportive family. So the message is very much to keep going as every bit of it has been worth it. Thank you. And then just lastly, if you could have a career in the world uh, other than the one you have now, what will that be? I really struggled to answer that, actually. You know, my supervisor in my first SHO job told me that when I said pediatric surgery is what I want to do, he said, you have to wait for someone to retire or die if you want to do pediatric surgery. So what's your second choice? And I said, I want to do pediatric cardiothoracic surgery. And he said, well, in that case, you'll have to kill somebody. So I was like, mm, okay. But now I'm not even sure that comes close enough for me. I think it's probably because I'm not good enough for anything else. And this really is my passion uh, along with my profession. I think that's it. You need to follow what you like and then things will be hard, but at least you are enjoying the pathway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you very much. It was really nice to talk to you. Thank you, Christine. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to get in touch, you can do so via social media. You can find Gosh Learning Academy on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. If you want to hear more about the work of the Gosh Learning Academy, you can visit our website at www.gosh.nhs.uk and search Learning Academy. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time. Bye.